Do you think it's safe to ask them? Hear me. All you hosts gathered here. <laughs> Kill everyone now. Condone first-degree murder. Advocate cannibalism. Eat shit. Well, I think we're about ready. Quiet, everyone. Filth are my politics. Filth is my life. From the whispers of the damned, deep within the bowels of hell, welcome to Astro Radio Z. Hello, Astro Zombies, and welcome back to your favorite internet radio show, Astro Radio Z. Man, saying it like that makes me sound like an old fucking fart, but guess what? That's what I am. Today, we're going to take a hard left and veer off the normal path of what we've been doing here on Astro Radio Z, which has been going through my VHS collection, my screener tape collection. And we're going to be talking about something that, you know, every once in a while here on Astro Radio Z, I do these like movie challenges, these monthly movie challenges or like internet meme shows where I sit and there's something that popped up on my social media feed and I feel like, yeah, let's humor this and let's see it through kind of shows. And today we're going to be doing the February challenge of 2023. Now, you're probably sitting there asking yourself, what the fuck is that? And I wouldn't blame you. A while back uh, on one of my 31 days of horror challenge groups, I, I think it was like three or four years ago. I don't remember at this point. A few members decided to break off and start their own challenge outside of the 31 days of horror challenge um, on a different month because they didn't want they wanted to keep doing this th- kind of thing. And they came up with this February challenge, which is in the month of February. You have to watch one movie per letter of the alphabet. So you're watching 26 movies, A through Z, and they all have to be new movies that you've never seen before. Hence the February challenge. I wasn't just trying to be obtuse and weird about how I was saying February. No, there is a point to that. So. I decided after years of, you know, kind of hanging out in the periphery of this group, I don't know why I actually decided to jump into this, but I I was watching something. I forgot exactly what was the movie we were watching. Oh, it was uh, a <laughs> it was a documentary that my partner and I were watching. And I was just like, you know what? Why not try this? So we'll see how far today I got in this challenge, which hint, hint, I didn't win. <laughs> Or I wasn't successful is what I should really say. Um, But I came damn close. We're going to go through each of the movies briefly. We're not going to sit and do like a full breakdown of every single thing that I fucking watch this month. Because that's a lot of fucking movies that I watch. But uh, we're going to go through each of them. And I'm going to tell you, there were a few themes present that for some reason kept coming up. And I just saw through. So that's what that's what this episode is. So let's take a short break. And when we come back, we'll start the first half of this episode. A through L. Stick around. This is Astro Radio Z and we love talking about movies with you. If you are looking for more episodes and want to become part of the show, go to patreon.com forward slash 
Astro Radio Z and become a monthly subscriber to have access to 100 plus bonus episodes of content. Jump in. Make Astro Radio Z yours and become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. So you would think it'd be pretty fucking easy to sit and find a movie that started with each letter of the alphabet that you hadn't seen. Because, I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of movies in the history of cinema and each streaming service nowadays. All you have to do is plunk in the letter and it brings you this entire gaggle fuck list of shit. And I have to be honest, that's pretty much what I did. For a lot of this, there was a few of them that I watched independently that uh, just happened to fall into line with one of the letters that I was uh, looking to, you know, watch. But for the most part, Tubi TV was my best friend this month. Now, a lot of you out there are saying, "Ooh, ooh!" you like curled your lips and you puckered your assholes and you were wondering, why the fuck would you do that? Because as we've come to know here on Astro Radio Z, Tubi TV is kind of like the sewage dumping ground of cinema. Like anything that's not, you know, popular on other streaming services or can't get picked up by other streaming services gets dumped on Tubi, which uh, for the better or worse of uh, the viewership, you know, is kind of its, you know, bread and butter and kind of its appeal and kind of, you know, the uh, factor of it. I mean, the, I have a love-hate relationship with, with Tubi, honestly, because there's some things that you just can't find elsewhere. And you remember when Amazon Prime, when it first came out, how this was, it was like the Wild West and the best place to find really low-budget independent work before, you know, money started mattering to Amazon Prime as opposed to just getting viewership in. Because all they were doing was suckering people in with a, you know, catalog. They didn't care the quality. They just cared that they had all these movies on there. And once they had the viewership and the money coming in, they ditched all those movies for things that actually made them money. Well, not not a big shocker that that would happen, but really disappointing for the rest of us that sit and make micro budget and low budget films. Who picked up that, you know, baton? It was Tubi.tv. And boy, oh boy, did I watch some fucking shit this month. So starting off, letter A was one of the first ones that I watched and I just plunked an A in on Tubi and what came up. This is not a low budget independent movie, but it's one that I had never seen. It's one that I had been, you know, hearing about for years upon years upon years. And I just decided to give it a shot. Normally, I wouldn't give a two and a half hour long movie a shot for a challenge. Is that cheap of me to say because I'd rather watch short stuff so I can just get through it? Ah, possibly you you make your own judgments on that one. But this movie, Any Given Sunday, which is the Oliver Stone football movie starring Al Pacino, Cameron Diaz, Dennis Quaid. You got LL Cool J in there. You have Lawrence Taylor, the famous linebacker from the New York Giants in there. You got so many people in this movie. I had never seen it. I had heard so much about it. And uh, I'm kind of like mixed on whether or not I'm, I'm glad 
why I sat and spent the two and a half hours watching it, because if you haven't seen any given Sunday, uh, it's kind of like that natural born uh, killers era Oliver Stone, where it is just hyper stylized and edited like over edited to the point that you just can't really tell what the fuck's going on. There's really not much of a story to it. Um, it, It's basically just, you know, one season in the life of a football team and the various people and the culture that surrounds it and uh, how, you know, men and women act within the bounds of this, you know, society. And it really like, If you're a football fan, you've seen this kind of thing done better elsewhere. What you come here for is the manic energy that Oliver Stone brings to the table. And I am like on the fence. I kind of liked Any Given Sunday, uh, mostly because the actors were also very good in it. But the editing style made me want to fucking flush it down the toilet. Constant crossfades, jump cuts, superimpositions, uh, dialogue jumping everywhere. There is never a second where the the movie just sits and lets you watch a narrative. It is just such style over anything else that you're either going to jump in or jump out. I don't know. I kind of give it like a 2.5 out of 5 Draculas on this one. It's okay. I wasn't 100% on board with it. Um, I would have rather it been just a, a regular ass movie. <laughs> I'm all for like experimental shit, but man, any given Sunday gave me a headache. <laughs> real gave me a real fucking headache uh, for B. I watched and those of you on my Patreon and Astro Radio Z's Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z. Uh, where for three dollars a month, you could listen to my podcast, Worst Movies Ever. Hard show. One of the last episodes I did was for Birdemic 3 Sea Eagle. You want my full opinions on this fucking non-movie? Go over to the Patreon and, and check out that episode of Worst Movies Ever. But this is just a public service announcement and a warning. If you haven't watched Red Letter Media's, you know, teardown of this movie on their best of the worst, I'll just give you a quick like, don't waste your time. This is a non-movie cynically made to steal money from you, from people that don't think they need to do better than they are. Terrible fucking movie. You've seen Birdemic twice now. You know what Birdemic 3 is? It's worse than either of them. Don't waste your time. I gave it half a Dracula out of five. Not even if I honestly, I'd give it a zero Dracula's. Out of five, this is one of the worst things I've watched in some time. Don't don't waste your fucking time. It's a terrible ass fucking movie. So let's move on to C, which brings about the first instance of of a theme I had going on this month. When I checked out C and I plunked it in the Tubi, all of a sudden a movie starring Michael Jai White and Stone Cold Steve Austin came on. And you guys know how much I love fucking Stone Cold. Chain of Command has to be one of the shittiest action movies I've ever watched in my entire fucking life. 
it is so poorly made that it is it, it like I said Birdemic 3 was a non-movie. Chain of Command at least like attempts to make a movie, like a narrative movie that you'd actually want to follow through. It just looks like all the money was spent on bringing in Michael Jai White and Stone Cold and none was spent on the camera. <laughs> none was spent on sound. Uh, the editor had one day to edit the whole thing. <laughs> The, there's barely any lighting. All the special effects are digital. So when they Michael Jai White or anybody shoots somebody else, it's horrible digital blood. Uh, the cor- the choreography of the fights is laughable at best. You barely see what's going on, and uh, it the dialogue is so on the nose and so shitty that my God, did I laugh so much? watching this movie and the theme of the month became after watching this because you got stone cold steve austin in here but he doesn't do anything he's like a hired hitman to try and take out michael jai white and michael jai white is an ex like military man whose brother was taken down by the mob so he's out to try and figure out how he was done wrong how and you know get revenge on the murder and stone cold steve austin is the guy hired by the mob to take out michael jai white Stone Cold's in this movie for all of three minutes, and all he does is talk. No fighting, nothing. It's fucking trash. It's trash, but one of the best shitty action movies I've ever seen because it's so bad. Uh, but so my theme became this month it was to watch every Stone Cold Steve Austin movie I could fit in to this challenge. And man, did I. <laughs> I think I watched like five Stone Cold Steve Austin movies this month. Chain of Command ranks up there. If I was to rank all of these, um, I would say this is probably second from the best. Only in the fact that I laughed so hard that I enjoyed it quite a bit. So uh, I, I gave it one Dracula out of five. A Chain of Command from 2015. If you're looking for a good movie, this ain't it. D was another Stone Cold Steve Austin movie called damage (laughs) in which stone cold plays an ex-con who's looking to do right he's actually a murderer who accidentally murdered a man and is trying to make amends by doing what he can for the family of the, the the widow of the man he killed and ends up inadvertently getting roped into an underground fight ring (laughs) You've seen this movie a million times before. This is Fist Fighter. This is all these fucking shitty ass movies. And uh, this one wasn't horrible. I got to say, I I was kind of pleasantly surprised by it. It held my interest through the whole thing. Stone Cold is always I could sit and listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin read a phone book. I know that's a hard reference for some of you younger guys and gals. But let me tell you. Stone Cold Steve Austin's voice and the way his cadence of speech. I just love it. I could sit and he was a perfect fucking choice to try and like make him an action hero. Only the bad thing is he's so stiff from all of his injuries that really he's not good in these movies. (laughs) 
at least the people that have made the two movies we've talked about so far, they didn't know how to use them very well. Damage, while it is shot well and there's decent like the plot is okay and the acting is okay. The choreography and the editing of the fights just not it's not good at all. So you got a fight movie where the fights are kind of the worst part of the movie. And that's really disappointing. But that seems to be par for the course on a lot of this stuff, right? We've watched movies like this before. So damage, I would give like I gave any given Sunday, probably about two and a half, three Draculas out of five. It was watchable. I mean, I wouldn't run out to go see it, but it was watchable. Our e-selection was this 2018, I mean, Tubi comes to the rescue yet again, this 2018 disaster movie called End of the World. Now, this thing is asylum-level cheese bullshit, and one of the most hilarious things I've ever fucking seen. Chain of Command and End of the World would be great shitty movie double features. Like if you were to find there's a few movies, I'm going to recommend you some real funny shit movies this month because, man, uh, Tubi is just littered with these fucking things. But end of the world there were I, I tried when I could to watch. There was the two themes that I had were Stone Cold Steve Austin movies. And shitty apocalypse movies like end of the world movies and end of the world is what made me want to watch more of these because it's one of these movies and both of the movies that I watched that had this theme to it for some reason solar flares threw off everything on earth and the earth just started imploding in on itself and these scientists (laughs) have to try and warn everybody and save the planet from things that they can't save the planet from. (laughs) But they do. (laughs) The end of the world is full of shitty non-acting, horrible editing. The special effects are so laughable that you will lose your breath from just cackling at them. It is a little too long, but at the same time, because it's so shitty and so stupid, you don't really have to pay attention to it. You could sit and get snacks. You could talk and shoot the shit over top of it. Look at your phone and pop in and out of it and have a good time. So end of the world absolute bullshit if you're looking at it from a like a real movie standpoint this is a hard one dracula out of five movie but man if you're looking to have a shitty movie party this should be at close to the top of your list our f selection was perhaps the weirdest children's movie i've ever watched in my entire life this day that i watched the the next movie which is fluke made in 1995, starring uh, Matthew Modine. Matthew Modine in this movie, (laughs) I can't even say this because it's so fucking stupid. He's a businessman who gets killed in an automobile accident, ends up being resurrected. His soul gets transferred and reincarnated into a dog. And then as a dog, has adventures and inadvertently winds up with his family who now have moved on and his wife has married his best friend who is Eric Stoltz. So the, the, the guy 
ends up becoming the dog to his son and ends up seeing his best friend pork his wife and it's, <laughs> it is the for a children's movie it is dark as fuck i it's weird i don't really know who they were thinking this was going to appeal to would i wouldn't recommend this my kids sat and watched it with me and we all just kind of laughed at it but it was so fucking weird and dark that I didn't think it was a kid's movie. Obviously, it was, you know, geared that way and marketed that way. But let me tell you. It's mostly about a dude that was a real fucking heel coming to terms with the fact that he was a heel and seeing the rest of his world fall apart around him and having to accept it. Not uh, like really heady, heavy shit for kids to have to like sort through. I'll tell you, my kids didn't fucking understand what it was about. They just wanted to see a goofy dog movie. And now the joke in the house is that I'm going to turn into a dog (laughs) when I die. And they're going to have a relationship with me afterward. (laughs) Fucking fluke. Uh, I wouldn't recommend this movie. (laughs) I thought it was pretty fucking shitty. We watched it. So there's that. G was a movie that, you know what? I'm kind of beside myself on because I think I might have watched this one before. Gran Torino from 2008 was a movie that obviously was super duper famous. You got, you know, Clint Eastwood and it won Academy Awards and all this shit. And I had sworn to my partner and we were talking about some movies um, that I never had seen this. And then I fired it up and boy, did it seem familiar to me. I didn't remember some of it, but it seemed really familiar to me. So I'm you know what? I might have cheated on our G entry here because I might have seen this one before, but I I can't say it. So we're just going to count it. Gran Torino. You guys know what this is, right? Fucking uh, Clint Eastwood plays a retired military guy whose wife dies and now he's left alone in a low income neighborhood and his family are are complete fucking, you know, gold digging heels. And he is a like a ornery racist piece of shit. And he ends up, you know, befriending. Uh, the Hmong neighbors he has next door and they get involved with gangsters and other shit. Um, I think back in the day, I might have liked this a lot more than now. The movie is unfortunately not aging particularly well. Also, I have I feel that it's really on the nose. Like a lot of what it was saying was really on the nose. And there's this subplot with a local priest that honestly, it felt like lifetime level, like on the nose crap. And it really kind of brought the overall quality of Gran Torino down. That's not saying that I thought it was a bad movie, but it also is kind of like this white hero messiah complex kind of movie where the white man's going to be the one that goes in and, you know, saves the 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 minority people and the people of color from, you know, destroying themselves. That's what this movie essentially is, right? So it's hard in 2023 to really like get excited about Gran Torino. It's a watchable movie because, you know, Clint Eastwood is fucking amazing. 
in just about everything that he does. But the movie just kind of fell flat for me and was a little too on the nose. So I don't know. I guess I'll give Gran Torino a, like a, a three Draculas out of five. I just can't get too fucking excited over it whatsoever. So our H movie was another Stone Cold Steve Austin flick called Hunt to Kill from 2010. This was near the bottom of the barrel Rocky clone or not Rocky Rambo clone bullshit. Stone Cold plays, a, a, I, I believe his character, and I'm trying to think of this because now I've watched 26 movies this month and I'm trying to remember each of these for you guys. But he he plays, I think he was a DTA agent because, yeah, this is the one where in the beginning him and Eric Roberts are trying to infiltrate a meth lab and Eric Roberts gets blown up in the process. And then we fast forward in the future to he lives on his own in in Washington state with his daughter, who's a complete piece of fucking shit, who treats him like trash, even though he's a totally nice dad and totally, you know, courteous and always thinking of her, whatever. And there's like this bank robbery heist that goes wrong and the the people are trying to chase after each other because one double crossed them and ran into the woods and both Stone Cold and his daughter get captured and he has to help them track this guy and blah, 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 blah. Hunt to Kill is an obvious Rambo clone survivalist movie that is not believable in the slightest. Stone Cold just kind of leers the entire movie. The only positives I'll give the movie is that it's kind of violent. But other than that, it is so boring in all. None of the characters are believable. None of the situations are believable. None of the dialogue is believable. All of the characters are heels except for Stone Cold. And it's really hard to root for anything that happens in this thing. So Hunt to Kill, two Draculas out of five. I would skip it. You're not missing a damn thing seeing this one. Our iMovie. Might have been the biggest disappointment for me this entire month. I'm going to be talking about now Infinity Pool from 2023, the Brandon Cronenberg movie that just came out. This Astro Zombies is my first instance of Brandon Cronenberg. I've never watched him before. I've heard a lot of good things from Antiviral and uh, Possessor. From all you Astro Zombies out there that sit and talk to me and tell me that I need to watch this stuff. And I was slightly excited to watch Infinity Pool, even though all of, you know, the the hype that came from like the film festivals and all this made it seem like it was just going to kind of be an edge lordy exercise. And honestly, at the end of the day, I was thoroughly less than impressed with the movie. nothing about it really rang true to me. Like when I say that, it just means that nothing engaged me in a way that I felt anything was at stake. This was more of like uh, a light sci-fi metaphorical exercise in white privilege. And, you know, are human beings inherently monsters And after going through trauma and and doing trauma yourself, can you ever go back to being who you were, who you wanted to be? It's 
it's shallow, thin pool, low hanging fruit stuff. The only thing I could really say about Infinity Pool that I walked away with was that I thought it was like from a craft standpoint. And when I say that, I mean the editorial, the the soundscape, the, the, the soundtrack and the cinematography, the art direction, all the things that went into the visual and audio aspect of this movie were top shelf. Like this movie is beautiful to look at. The sound is so engrossing and so good. It's just the plot and the content that just left me kind of. Ugh. It's not that the thing is they built it up like it's a super grody ass movie and it really wasn't. It was aggressively nihilistic per, you know, what they were attempting to accomplish. And I if you're going to watch this movie, I, it's the kind of movie where you don't want to know much going in. So I'm not really going to give you the plot. I'm just going to give you this general thought on it. For me, I felt that it was a, it tried too hard to be clever and it wasn't. It felt extremely shallow to me. Now, um, my partner reacted a lot better to it than I did, but she also thought that it was kind of just something to watch and it really you know not something that you would ever want to seek out again or not anything that you're going to really sit and like have huge conversations about infinity pool two draculas out of five for me just it did nothing for me really i mean i don't regret watching it but also halfway through us kind of like oh man this is all this is doesn't it suck when you're watching something and that's what your reaction is I fucking hate that shit, man. So let's move on. Our J pick is going to be a real quick one for me. J was Jeepers Creepers Reborn from 2022. And man, you can skip it. Real low budget remake of the first one. The only positive I'll give it is that the creeper. I liked that the creeper wasn't necessarily a big muscle bound kind of thing. And it was more of like this kind of like insecty looking uh, real scraggly monster. And I kind of dug that look. But man, the plot is retread. The characters are awful. The situations are unbelievable. Not acting. Not very great gore. It's a made for TV kind of reboot. The special effects are real shitty. A lot of really shitty green screen in this movie that unfortunately for something that's attempting a reboot, you kind of want to give it a little more production value than that, right? Didn't work for me. One and a half Draculas out of five. Ugh. Didn't do nothing for me. RK was another Stone Cold Steve Austin movie called Knockout from 2011. In this movie, if you can believe it, Sit down, folks. You're going to want to sit down when I tell you this. Knockout is a low budget Stone Cold Steve Austin attempt at Karate Kid. (laughs) Stone Cold Steve Austin in this movie plays a high school janitor who befriends a bullied boy who's new to the school who loves boxing. And Stone Cold Steve Austin plays a former like uh, amateur boxer who decides to befriend and train this kid who wants to get into the school's boxing program, which is, you know, renowned because it's the best in the state. And 
He sits in after school, trains this boy, and this is exactly what you think it is. It is a Hallmark lifetime style. Uh, No budget, no acting, on the nose, nonsense movie that you could easily skip. It was watchable, but it is so tame and so vanilla in the way that honestly, There's nothing for you to glean here that you haven't seen before. Just watch The Karate Kid. Do you really want to watch a lifetime version of The Karate Kid with Stone Cold Steve Austin? No, you don't. He's trying his hardest to do something here, but he's really not given much. Of course, no action out of Stone Cold in this movie. It's mostly a drama with children that can't act. So you can gladly skip knockout from 2011 and the last movie we're going to talk about on this section of astral radio z in our february challenge is the retro styled grindhouse styled kind of throwback lake nowhere that's our l movie here uh from 2014 and you kind of know my opinions on these gimmicks i the they got tired and overdone. And yes, admittedly, I I took some of those aspects aesthetically for the movies that we had made, but I didn't feel like we went full bore. Let's make a, a fucking grindhouse movie. I mean, Swamphead, I guess, is arguably that kind of movie, but I don't think it intentionally was like made to be that. But Lake Nowhere starts off. It's only like an hour long and it starts off with like 13 minutes of fake trailers and commercials that are really fucking funny and really fucking well made, like shockingly well made. And then goes into the movie itself, Lake Nowhere, which is just this kind of like abstract kids caught in a cabin in a malevolent being is there killing them off one by one and it is so dull and so pointless that you really kind of tune out it's only like an hour long and you can't it's hard to make it through it i was so disappointed by like nowhere it starts off so strong and then it just fizzles out like a fucking fart in a stiff breeze It is really a whole lot of nothing. And I gave Lake Nowhere two and a half Draculas out of five. That seems a lot better than it deserves. But those trailers, if you can watch the first like 15 minutes of this movie and watch those trailers, they were fucking Grindhouse level, like fucking the ones they did for uh, the Grindhouse movie. They were that good. I really fucking liked those. So that's our first half of the February challenge. We're going to take a short break from this. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you the rest of the alphabet and uh, tell you where I fell short. So stick around. You are listening to Astro Radio Z. Welcome back, guys. And let me tell you, the final stretch of the February challenge is where I started to struggle. There are a few gaps in what I watched. And uh, it's unfortunate because usually I can stick the landing on most of these challenges This one, for some reason, maybe it was because uh, just life in general got to me and trying to seek out uh, after watching so much horse shit. Like I watched a lot of to be horse shit this last month. 
it starts to wear on you. You know, you, you start getting to a point where it's like, oh, man, I got to find a movie for Q. Oh, I got to find an X movie and I've watched all the X-Men already. Ooh, it starts making you not want to fucking do it, you know, but I tried. I tried real fucking hard. And going forward, I'll just let you know the ones that I didn't get. So I got all the way to Q. I started watching a Q movie and then I turned it off and never finished it. And let's see here. I also missed V and X. So I missed three letters this month. Uh, Maybe I'll do this again next year. We'll see because I kind of had fun doing it, but it did toward the end of the month really wear on me really bad because I was just like, man, this is kind of bummer. I don't want to watch. I'm not in the mood to just watch nonstop shit. Sometimes I actually want to watch things that I want to watch. And I kind of did that instead. (laughs) And it didn't fit into the challenge. So, you know, forced me into failing the challenge. So let's get into it. We're going to start off with M, which was a movie that I wasn't necessarily looking to watch. The trailers for Megan from uh, 2022, and you guys know what that is, right? It's the robot girl gimmick. It's the one that looks like child's play, with a, but with a girl that was a robot. The trailers made it look like just some fucking cheap-ass, you know, normie, baby horror kind of like child's play ripoff. And while I have to admit it kind of was... It was so well done that it fucking shocked the shit out of me. Megan got four Draculas out of five from this guy. I know, right? I, I, I can't believe it myself. I sat and watched the PG-13 version with my kids, and we all loved it. We had a great time. The movie's almost two hours long, and we fucking cruised with it. Now, I, I may watch with my partner because she hasn't watched it yet. I may watch the unrated version because I liked it so much. I'll watch it again. But we watched the PG-13 theatrical cut was fine. It was good. It, the movie's smart. It's fun. It's peppy. Uh, the acting across the board is for what for what this movie deserves. Beyond what it deserves. And. It just it's engaging. So I would totally give a thumbs up to Megan. I can't believe that I was going to say that (laughs) the movie totally looked like something that wasn't my cup of tea. And it turned out to be completely my cup of tea. So, man, biggest surprise of the month is Megan by far. I loved that movie. Probably my favorite movie I watched all month. The N movie that I watched was a 1997 shot on video shocker, the necrophiles. Now you remember back, I think it was like a year or two ago when I did the horror movie iceberg, like the ghoul iceberg, we had talked about um, on one of the lower tiers, they had the necrophiles in there. And I always knew what this movie was and I'd seen clips of it. And I I wondered back then, like, why would you put the necrophiles on a ghoul movie um, iceberg? Because really, it's just a, a silly, goofy shot on video movie. And having finally watched it now, I completely gr- agree with my previewing assessment. This movie is a satire 
on SOV movies. It, it's mean spirited and has, you know, aggressive rape sequences in it. But they're so stupid and goofy and they look so shitty because of the special effects and the shot on video nature of it. Then it's hard to really get offended by any of it. Like this movie is about this serial killer rapist cannibal that gets killed in the process of uh, killing a victim by cops, by these ridiculously overdone, coked out cops. And then a bunch of goofy ass like Guar style Satanists bring him back to life and he turns into a fucking <laughs> zombie that goes on and continues killing and raping people with like a three foot zombie dong. And then the the cops have need to try and fu- track him down and kill him again. It is so stupid and so goofy. The, and it's only, again, like an hour and 10 minutes long. There's no reason why that should have been on a ghoul movie like Checklist or Iceberg or whatever. I it's hard to say that you you like a movie with a, a zombie <laughs> rapist with a three foot dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually liked the necrophiles. I thought it was goofy as fuck. There's sequences where like zombie dolls are flying around eating people. And it, it's if you're looking for something that's just out of the ordinary and, and real fucking goofy and you don't get offended very easily, the necrophiles is perfect. Pick it up. Check it out for sure. Our O movie is the second of two natural disaster movies that I had kind of talked about before called Oceans Rising, made in 2017, another asylum style mock busting post-apocalyptic movie where (laughs) solar rays cause all of the fucking oceans to rise and it starts swallowing up the earth and the the scientists have to that were you know married at one point have to try and figure out how to stop it all because you know two people obviously can stop you know a global disaster event like oceans rising from happening this movie while just as equally shitty as end of the world with its special effects and non-acting and horrible fucking editing and shitty dialogue was not as fun. In sections, it was so hilarious and so stupid that it almost equaled end of the world. But there's such a long period of time in this movie where nothing happens that it's hard to recommend this one over end of the world. I think it would be a hilarious double feature with End of the World. You'd have to be a real masochist, though, to want to sit through End of the World and Oceans Rising one after another, because they're essentially the same fucking movie and a lot of the same special effects take place in both of them. Only this time, instead of like shitty fucking earthquakes and digital like Photoshop carvings of buildings falling apart, this one has this awful digital boat floating around in in cgi water and it's fucking laughable it's so fucking shitty uh so oceans rising uh yeah that's like a one out of five draculas for me hard to recommend this one but if you're a masochist and you think this kind of stuff is funny like i do 
check it out. It, I mean, there are worse ways you can spend your time, but it's pretty fucking shitty. Most people aren't going to fucking dig that thing at all. The P movie is the first movie I watched this month, and it's the Pamela Anderson documentary that's on Netflix. Pamela, a love story. It's brand new, just came out this year. And I got to admit something. Obviously, every one of us from back in the 90s saw the Pamela sex take with Tommy Lee, right? All of us did. It was everywhere. And when the the show came out that uh, who the fuck was in that? Was it Seth Rogen and a bunch of other people? Uh, Sebastian, uh, what's his a Stan? Sebastian Stan, the guy who plays Bucky in the uh, Marvel movies. Uh, play Tommy Lee in that thing. When that came out, I watched one episode and I was super turned off by it. It felt really exploitive. And then upon hearing that uh, Pam and Tommy didn't really like endorse it or weren't okay with it, knowing that they also weren't okay with the fact that the sex tape was out there because it was stolen from them. Um, I didn't watch the rest of that show. It just felt really crass and exploitive. So I never finished that. And this movie felt so genuine and so honest and so real that it was a breeze to watch. And it was nice to see uh, Pamela Anderson be able to tell her story on her terms. And uh, in a world where a lot of like models and sex workers. And I wouldn't necessarily call Pamela Anderson what she did a sex worker at all. I mean, she was in Playboy, sure, but uh, that's not to degrade sex workers. I just don't think that's what I would categorize her as. But um, I'm a big fan of the Rialto Report, which is a podcast about if you aren't aware, if you aren't listening to it, you need to immediately go and subscribe. It's one of the best podcasts ever produced. It's um. It's about these two people that have gone back and had real interview conversations with golden era porn stars and and porn creators from like, you know, the porno chic era in the 90s and the, the time that that a lot of there's no real documentation. I mean, the the porn industry was an industry beyond just making Internet content. And they gave these people stories and made them real people beyond uh, pariahs for, you know, our society. And I love that podcast. and I love hearing these people be able to tell their stories and humanize themselves. Um, it just every like admittedly, a lot of those podcasts are really depressing, but there are some that are so heartwarming and endearing that it just always brings a smile to my face. And Pamela Love Story endeared me to her in a lot of the same way, because I feel she's a very uh, sweet hearted, genuine individual that was taken advantage of. And uh, she's now getting to tell her side of the story in a way that honestly, if anybody comes out of it still pointing a finger like she deserved everything, they can go fuck themselves Four four Dracula's out of five. Honestly, high recommend on on this movie. Definitely, if you got Netflix, you got no reason not to watch it. I I fucking loved it. Pamela Anderson, I'm Team Pamela, <laughs> all the way, all the way. Um, so I said to you that I I didn't do a cue. Um, 
I started watching Brett Piper's Queen Crab from 2015, and I fucking loved what I saw. It was goofy in all the ways I love Brett Piper movies, but I was just burnt out. So I never got around to finishing it like the last two days. I tried cranking out the rest of them and I unfortunately just burnt out and I never finished Queen Crab. I'm going to maybe at some point I'll watch Queen uh, Queen Crab and come back and talk to you guys about it. But man, I didn't finish it. So let's move on from that and let's go to what I think is the best Stone Cold movie I watched this month. My R pick is Recoil from 2011. Recoil is a hard-nosed vigilante revenge flick starring Stone Cold Steve Austin as an ex-cop who witnesses his family get gunned down mob style and then decides to go on the hunt for all bad guys going forward. And he he drives around in a fucking Dodge Charger and uh is all in leather as a as a fucking uh trunk full of you know weaponry and he winds up in a small town attempting to take out a local biker rapist and gets roped into some trouble with a biker gang and has to try and shoot his way out of it. The biker gang is led by none other than Danny Trejo. This movie, you've seen it before. These vigilante kind of like crow style movies. You've seen these things before, but there was something about this one. The tone of it, Stone Cold finally utilized in a way that I felt Stone Cold should be utilized. Great action. Decent dialogue. The plot is engaging. The acting almost all the way across the board is dead on. But the editing, the choreography, the direction, everything about it just worked for a low mid-level budgeted action direct to streaming or direct to video kind of deal. Recoil is one of the better ones I've ever seen. Three and a half Draculas out of five. I know I'm shocked saying that to you, but of the Stone Cold movies, I believe that's the last one I'm going to talk about here on the list was the best one. If I can recommend any of them to you guys, Recoil. It's on Tubi. You can watch it. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Your mileage may vary, but for me, as a fan of these types of movies, fucking great, man. It was a breeze to watch. I absolutely adored it. The S, I actually watched two S movies this month, and it wasn't like purposeful, but one was so fucking bad. And then my partner wanted me to watch a movie with her, and it was another S movie. So I just counted two S movies. Um, Let's start with the good one, and then we'll leave the bad one for, for last because it's a movie that... I'm sure some of you kind of want to hear an opinion about. But the first movie of our S's of the two S's that we're going to talk about is the 2006's The Sasquatch Gang. Have you guys ever heard of this thing? I had never heard of it. And it was a movie that had a bunch of actors that obviously I was I was into. You got Justin Long and Jeremy Sumter in this thing. And it is essentially like a spiritual like brother to Napoleon dynamite fucking what's his nuts that plays Napoleon's even in this movie in a scene, (laughs) uh, John Hader or header or whatever his name is. I, I always forget what his name is, but it is 
really weird off kilter, um, but fucking hilarious and goofy and idiosyncratic in a way that kind of uh, endears me to it in the same way that Napoleon Dynamite did. If you're into that kind of humor, check out the Sasquatch gang. It's about a bunch of kids that, you know, are super into uh, cryptoids and <laughs> a LARPing and they end up finding tracks and, and poop <laughs> of a Sasquatch. And you find the, the story, the interweaving interlocking story of all the people in the town and how they come to, you know, figure out whether or not the Sasquatch is real. Fucking Carl Weathers plays the goddamn Sasquatch hunter and expert. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I loved it. Uh, I would, I would give it a four out of five. Uh, I almost said Jackalman's there. Uh, that's a throwback to the podcast at Orgy Castle, but four out of five Dracula's on this one. It, it was one of the funnier movies I had watched all month. The second movie, which uh, I regretfully have to talk about, I watched that Skinema Rink movie from last year. You know, the one that everyone's saying, oh, scariest movie you'll ever see in your entire life. Oh, my God. It's a new benchmark for horror. Skinema Rink, and I'm going to keep this as short and to the point as possible, is a non movie. It's not scary. It's the single most boring piece of shit I've ever watched in my entire life. And that's even like putting right next to it Blackwood's Evil, which we talked about on the fucking Patreon as being the worst movie probably I've ever seen because nothing happens in it for fucking like 80 minutes. Skinamarink, literally, if I, if I can even attempt to give you a review of this movie is go into the into your like bedroom stare at a corner of the wall then go into your like hallway stare at the ceiling look at the the you know, the molding on the floor that's the movie for 90 fucking minutes oh it's even longer than that. i think it's almost like a two-hour movie I think it is. Let me look at this thing. It is fucking, yeah, 100 minutes of nothing, of absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing scary. Yeah, things happen, but nothing is scary because nothing builds up. It is a tone, abstract atmosphere piece that literally is nothing but endless shots of walls. Fuck Skinamarink. I'm not even going to grace it with a, ra a rating because it's it's nothing. It's fucking nothing. So if you like that movie, I'm sorry, but I can just sit and stare at the walls of my house without having to log into my TV to do it. Fuck that shit. It's the most like phone heavy movie I've ever seen. And what I mean by that is, man, did I just look at my phone like 80 percent of the time? It is fucking stupid. So let's move on. Our T movie is Their Snow Escape from 2022. Let me say that again because I feel like I can't say it right. There's Snow Escape. Yeah, that's a play on words. And this movie is a fucking pile of shit. It's a fucking no budget 
snowman slasher movie. And let me tell you something. The snowman is killing people in the middle of the summer at a cabin on a lake. That makes sense, right? A snowman killing people in the middle of the summertime in the middle of the woods where there's no snow. That's all I got to say. Waste of your time. It is like every single fucking backyard, shitty, no budget movie you've ever seen. You can easily skip it. There's nothing to say. One out of five fucking Draculas. The You movie is a, a Tubi movie that on a lark, just as a joke, the kids and I turned on called Ugly Benny. It's a kid's movie centered around a fucking cute dog that's not ugly and the hijinks that happen within the pet store that it lives. It is a hallmark, no budget, boring, schmaltzy piece of shit that you can easily fucking skip. Ugly Benny, one out of five fucking Draculas. You notice I'm rushing through some of this because there's nothing to say to a bunch of this stuff. Now, the next one, you might think I'm cheating and I'll leave it up to you and you can comment on the episode or get a hold of me at Astro Radio Z podcast at gmail.com and and yell at me for this next one. But I counted it as a W. Why? Because almost all advertising has the title in bold letters everywhere and then the subtitle so small that it's pretty much insignificant. You know what this is? Fucking Black Panther Wakanda Forever from last year. <laughs> Fucking sue me if you don't think that it's a W movie. Wakanda Forever. That's a, When you look at the posters or you look at the box art, you look at the fucking stream and shit, it's just Wakanda Forever. You don't see Black Panther on there. So I, I'm counting it, goddammit. Fuck you guys. I failed the challenge anyway. Who gives a shit? But anyways... <laughs> Wakanda Forever, I thought ah, this is going to be a shocker to some people. I thought it was better than the first movie. I loved it. I gave four out of five fucking Draculas. This goddamn gimmick was probably my favorite next to the new Spider-Man movie of the last phase of Marvel movies. It They did such a good job trying to wrap up the first movie and the, the death of Chadwick Boseman and how they progressed the story from there and the introduction to Namor and just everything by the end of the movie. So emotional, man. So many tears were had watching this movie, just top shelf all the fucking way. Amazing action. Just God damn it. I fucking love the Black Panther Wakanda forever. I'm going to watch it again for sure. No doubt. Four to five fucking Draculas. You should watch it. If you don't agree with me, I don't give a fuck. Let's move on to uh, the why, which is another one we're going to breeze through real quick. The last two are going to be ones that we breeze through real quick because fuck, they're trash. Uh, why is You're So Cupid from 2010? And if you couldn't guess, this was another Tubi movie. The last two are Tubi movies. And this is just your fucking stupid local production hallmark romantic quote-unquote comedy because nothing in it's funny everything is just so on the nose 
so cis, white, hetero, boring, homogenous bullshit. This is the kind of stuff that, you know what, your your average person that loves the notebook is going to toss this on and gush over it. Fuck this movie. You're so Cupid. Zero out of five fucking Dracula's garbage. And then our last movie, RZ, is man, did this poster sell me so hard. And then I turned it on and found it was just a, some another cheap ass Polonia Brothers gimmick. Ah, Zilla Foot <laughs> from 2019. Oh, what a great fucking poster. What a, which is basically a mock up. Uh, like like a mockbuster version of the Godzilla vs. Kong poster from a couple years ago. They did a real great job on this. But as I said, it's your typical no budget. Try to make something with 10 cent Polonia Brothers gimmick that works sometimes really well, but most of the time just falls flat on its face. That man, it was uh, it tried real hard to be funny. And in fits and spurts, it was really funny. But for the most part, it just wasn't interesting. It wasn't well made. It just was by the end of the challenge, I was so burnt out that I just didn't want anything to do with this gimmick. I was fucking done. So <laughs> Zilla Foot got one out of five fucking Draculas. And that's it. That's it for the challenge this year. I... At the end of it, I got, as I do with all these challenges, I get so fucking burnt out that I don't want to watch anything then forever. But thankfully, that's not the case. I am looking forward to what we're going to be doing here on Astro Radio Z, getting back into the VHS, which I initially, my my intention was to watch the two movies for the next episode of Astro Radio Z that we had talked about, Project Shadow Chaser 3000 and Watchers 2, for this challenge. But somehow I fucked it up by watching Pamela in fucking Wakanda Forever. So I couldn't do it. I'm like, God damn it. I got to watch all these other gimmicks. So the next episode is going to be, you know, those two movies. And uh, we'll get back into it. But this was a nice little diversion. I'm glad I finally filled out my my background knowledge on Stone Cold Steve Austin movies. There's still a few left. So maybe next year I'll try and finish up the Stone because there's the, like the condemned movies. I didn't watch those. And I think there was another one called like Tactical Force or something like that. And I had watched that stupid There's Snow Escape. So I couldn't watch that one. Um yeah, man, I, I just fucked up all over the place with some of these that I could have made my life a little more enjoyable. But I'm glad that I watched a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin movies. That's like what I walked away from this month, even though most of them were shitty. Man, the couple that were good were so worth it. So I'm I, th this was not all for not this month. That's all I got. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this and hopefully you guys had a great last month. Going forward, we're going to be doing more typical Astro Radio Z stuff. We're getting back to the VHS uh, collection, and we're going to be watching those two movies I said before. 
and we're getting back in the swing of things on the Patreon with Worst Movies Ever just dropped an episode about Garden of the Dead and we're going to be doing an episode coming up on Summer of Massacre and uh, that's about it that's all I got so uh, hopefully you guys are doing well um, if you want to hear more of me please go over to patreon.com forward slash Astro Radio Z and for three dollars a month you can get episodes of Worst Movies Ever which I do maybe once a month uh, or sometimes I do like five a month We'll see how I do this month, <laughs> how how my patience holds out for, for watching shitty-ass movies. But uh, if you just want to get a hold of me, AstroRadioZPodcast at gmail.com will do the trick. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. So thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Astro Radio Z is written, produced, and edited by Derek Carey. Executive produced by Vaughn Comier and Shannon Smith. The music used in this episode, which I hope you guys go and purchase because I love it so much, was Grave Robber, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, and La Luz, Cicada. Oh, that's good shit, man.